Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. We've been going. We've been ready to go for over an hour. We started at 7. Are you ready to go for the final hour of the show? Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friends at Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver and Parker. They've got a lot of great inventory, luxury cars, Domestic cars, foreign cars, check out their website at rmeurosport.com. It is an intimate buying experience. I'd almost call it like a concierge type of service because it is just so personal. They also service all makes and models. They have great finance options. Go work with Josh Frakes and his team at Rocky Mountain Eurosport. They do a fantastic job. Go for a test drive today or, again, find them at rmeurosport.com. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Okay, my friend, let's talk about Bradley Chubb. Right. He said he's counting on a much improved offense to help him regain his defensive swagger. 60 tackles, 12 sacks in 16 games as a rookie. But those numbers, I don't really think sum up his play as a rookie because early on he was very good at setting the edge as well. He's played in just 25 games over the last three seasons, and his numbers have been obviously less than stellar. 84 tackles, eight and a half sacks, none last year in terms of sacks. Zero. Are you betting on or against Bradley Chubb? I'm betting on him. I, he has been one of those guys that are fun to watch here in the preseason. Obviously, we haven't seen him in a game-like situation, but you get to watch him in practice. He's a disruptor. As much as one can be a disruptor with what they do at practice right now. He is a disruptor. He has a Vaughn-like talent on the other other end. Availability is always the key when we talk about Randy Gregory, obviously. We understand that. But there is some real potential there for this to be a dynamic duo. But I thought his remarks were interesting. Because what he meant by them very simply was he's counting on an offense that can play with the lead more than at any other time, well, for the only time maybe, in his career to this point. He is counting on being able to pin back the years and go get the quarterback. I think that's what this guy does best. And if he's playing with the lead and the offense can give that to this defense, watch out. Is it fair to say that even in Ben Roethlisberger's final year, he was better? There's a significant difference between him, Bridgewater, Locke. Yes. Okay. What about Baker Mayfield? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry um, for the hesitation. Dak Prescott. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert. <laughs> Duh. Derek Carr, mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo. Go a long ways, yes. You know what all those guys have in common? Mm. Quarterbacks who are good enough to get a team a lead 
where Watt, Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, Micah Parsons, Joey Bosa, Max Crosby, and Nick Bosa can all feast on a quarterback that need to pass. Rest your case. So you look at Bradley Chubb's numbers. A lot of it has to do with injury. A lot of it has to do with not playing with the lead. Exactly. So now you have Russell Wilson. You play with the lead. You're not going to be able to run the ball all the time if you're an opposing offense. you got to drop back and pass. So we talk about football being a complementary game between offense, defense, and special teams. I'm not going to put it all on uh, Bradley Chubb last year for not having a lot of sacks. They are playing from behind a lot. But now you look at Bradley Chubb. You can make the case, and he says he is finally healthy. He is going into a contract year. And I'll be honest with you, even if he's injured, he will be on that field unless he basically can't walk. He knows he's in a contract here. Agreed. I would be surprised if he doesn't play at least 14, 15, 16 games, even if he's banged up because Ezra Evero will say, hey, how you feeling? And Chubb will be like, I'm fine. Yeah. He will find a way to get on that field unless he just absolutely cannot roll out of bed in the morning. Timing is going to kind of suck a little bit, isn't it? Because if he has a huge year, he sets himself up for a monstrous payday. Or a franchise tag. Bingo. Or a franchise tag. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. If the Broncos really want him back, they're not going to sign him to a long-term no, deal. It would be a tag. They will franchise him for another year knowing they have Russell Wilson coming back. Let's see where the finances are. I'm guessing they can find a way to squeeze him in on a franchise tag. Which would make sense to me. But I'm very curious to watch him play this year. They have three guys on the edge that I am really bullish about as long as they get on the field and stay on the field. I think there are guys that are difference makers. Because I think Baron Browning is in the same category as Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. So when you look at the franchise tag, just for fun, okay, is Bradley Chubb a defensive end or an outside linebacker? Well, in the he's an outside in the three four he's an outside linebacker. That's good. Yeah. Because, because when you look at the franchise tags, quarterback is number one, defensive end is number two, wide receiver is number three, cornerback's number four, linebacker is number four, defensive tackle is number five, and outside linebacker is number six. The projected franchise tag for Bradley Chubb, if they tag him as an outside linebacker, which is the position that mm-hmm. he plays, is $17.8 million. Yeah, that's, I would have guessed right in that area. Okay. You can find a way to potentially bring that back. Defensive end is 20.7. Yeah. So there's a $3 million difference. Mm-hmm. We Now, for franchise tags, it's not pass rusher. It is by position. Bradley Chubb would argue he is a defensive end. But technically, he isn't because the Broncos' base is a 3-4. Yeah, that's exactly right. So go make your money, my man. Give the Broncos a hard decision to make. I The best thing in the world that could happen is if they franchise tag him. And here's something else. On the surface, you can make the case Bradley Chubb's going to have a potentially a pretty good year because Randy Gregory's on the other side. I think so, too. Now, the initial thought was you bring in Chubb and you have Von Miller. But those two were rarely on the field at the same rarely. time. Rarely. So you have a guy in Randy Gregory who's had a difficult time staying on the field, coming off a shoulder surgery, Chubb staying on the field. So 
How how is that going to play out? You're, how are they going to help each other if each guy has a history of injuries? Because I think you're well. You're right. The injuries is the key, but the urgency that both players have is significant. What what urgency does Randy Gregory have? He's getting paid. I think Randy Gregory has the urgency to prove it, and I and I hope that he, he feels that way. I know you. I know you are. Not you. Know, you don't love Randy Gregory. You are in love. I'm a man. It's a man crush. Okay, because I, I, he's a I'm, big physical guy. Dude, well, you've been in practice. When Randy Gregory is out there, he's hard to take your eyes off of. I agree. He when is, he's on the field, exactly. And, and, and this is he. He. You might be right that he feels he has something to prove. I think so. Okay, you might very well be right. But I'm not going to slap that title, a guy who has something to prove, on a guy who keeps shooting himself in the foot because of suspensions. For, bad decisions and injuries. That's not a guy. Yeah, you're that, right. That's not a guy you it's can say has history. something to prove. It's a bad history. Right. But he has something to prove in that regard, too. Now, injuries are injuries. And it's the NFL. We get that. I'm talking about the other stuff. But the other stuff... At some point, you just got to grow the hell up. That's selfish. That's not something to Exactly. Prove. I'm going to do what I want to do, and I just hope I don't get caught. But at some point, you hope that all of a sudden there is a maturity. Yep. And there is the sense of, I need to be part of something that's bigger than me. It can't just always be about me and what I want. And I know that that's not always going to happen. There are plenty of people that never get to that point. I got a feeling, and it's just a feeling on Randy Gregory. That tonight's going to be a good night? I, well, that tonight's going to be a good, good night? I think, I think that he wants to prove his worth. And I think he feels good. Yep. I think he's in great physical shape right now. Yeah. Knock on wood. And I think that he is at, and I think that that's what George Payton was betting on and is betting on. When you talk about the zone blocking scheme, you know, the obvious choice to bring on an analyst would be a guy who played in the zone blocking scheme. We see it differently here. We want to bring on a guy who studies zone blocking sure. because that's what he faced a lot in his career. How are the Broncos progressing with their zone blocking? Former Broncos safety Nick Ferguson joins us next. A little more, get the party going on the dance floor. See, because that's where the party's at, and you find out if you do that. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back, Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle, watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my guy, Chad, who owns Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar. He has easily one of the best, if not the best, sports bar in the entire state of Colorado. They're located in Lakewood. This is why they are so great. For starters, they have live music every Friday and Saturday. No cover. You like to play pool? That's cool. Usually most bars have like one or two pool tables. They have a pool hall. 15 pool tables to choose from. Every seat is a great seat to watch a game. Terrific menu. Love their happy hour, though. Every single day, 
three until seven, two for one on wine, well, and drafts. I'm going to repeat that. Every day, two for one, wine, well, and drafts. Three until seven. No one doesn't like Greenfields in Lakewood. It's got something for everyone. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmurosport.com. Okay, let's go out to the hotline right now. I want to bring in a longtime friend of mine, Nick Ferguson, former Broncos safety, also a former coach with the San Francisco 49ers. Bruce, Nick and I have known each other for a long time. We have talked on the phone a lot. And it seems whenever we have a discussion, when his ass gets a little chapped with me, huh. he will use my name in a sentence. He'll say something like Eric or Eric. I'm guessing on this conversation that we're going to have with him, the over under on using my name is going to be one and a half. Okay. Are you going to take the over or the under? Well, since I work with you, I'll probably take the over. Okay. Nick, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, fellas. How's it going? Uh, We are doing well. I wanted to bring you on uh, to get your thoughts on the Broncos' current outside zone blocking scheme. You certainly had a great perspective when you played for the Broncos playing against it in practice. When you were with the 49ers, you saw it uh, quite a bit as well. From what you have seen, not from the backups, because we know they have struggled with zone blocking. From what I understand, it's not a difficult technique to learn. It's a very difficult technique to execute consistently. From what you have seen with the starters, how confident do you feel that they will be ready to go? I am uh, more than confident that this group will be ready to go because, uh, like you said, it starts with uh, consistency. And when I think about consistency, I use another C word. It is cohesiveness. When you think about what the zone scheme is, it's having all those linemen work in unison together. You and Bruce probably heard this, this term, football term, used before. Elephants on parade. That means every single guy across that line has to know what the other guy's doing because you're counting on the guy next to you. And the way that that I understand it from a defensive standpoint, those guys have to understand whether you have an uncovered lineman or a cover lineman. Not to give you to get too deep in the weeds with football, but basically that means if there's a guy in front of you, like to me, you're going to block that guy. The guy who is uncovered doesn't have anyone over him. He's going to double team with you and try to get up to that second level. So when I look at this Broncos offensive lineman, we haven't seen this group. Uh, and in the preseason, but just watching them in practice, these are big guys. And the biggest thing about running that zone scheme is that they have to not just work in unison, but they have to have good footwork as well. And I think with, you know, what Billy Turner, once we get him back on the field, that's going to really help uh, this offensive line and make them one of the top units in the league. So, Nick, okay, you got to have five guys in unison. We get that. But give me the key guy in this scheme. Is it Cush in the middle? Um Give me a sense for, is there a key guy in this group, or is it all equal parts? Well, it's all equal parts, but when I think about the zone scheme and why it's been so effective, 
here, like before I arrived to uh, Denver, I mean, I think they had about three or four running backs you throw in the system that ran for over uh, a thousand yards. So for me, it is the offensive linemen. They are the key, but the biggest key is that running back because when they start to run that outside zone, they're trying to get those defensive linemen to run parallel to the line of scrimmage because the thing that disrupts any run scheme, I don't care which one you run, zone or gap, is penetration by the, the defensive linemen. But you want to get those guys moving sideways so they can over-pursue, and it's on that running back to find the cutback lane. So there's a lot of pressure on that running back to make sure that he has excellent vision and he's seeing which hole is going to open up and he's able to get vertical. You just led me right into the next thing I wanted to talk about. You talked about cutting back and vision. I don't think it's an unfair statement to say that Javante Williams needs to work on his vision. That is a strength for Melvin Gordon. Is it an unfair statement to say that Melvin Gordon might be a better fit for outside zone blocking? Yeah, I mean, it fits him well because he's a veteran guy, and it goes back to how much football did you play because veteran guys know they're trying to be patient. The, the, the youthful running back, he's spry, he doesn't know. He's just trying to see a hole, hit a hole. But it is developing as your experience goes along, patience allowing that offensive line to kind of do what it needs to do and then getting the hole. Because think about this, that running back on the outside zone, he's got to be patient. He's got to stretch the play outside where it looks like it's like it's a toss play. And then he has to have enough presence of mind and patience to allow the development in front of it and then find the crease inside. And that's something that uh, Melvin Gordon has definitely done, done well. And he can excel in both zone and gap scheme as well. We're talking with Nick Ferguson, former Broncos safety, longtime NFL player, and a former coach with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, okay, so now I want to flip the script, and I want to talk defense. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what jumps off the page at you when you're at practice right now. I, 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 I want to know what you look for, and are there things that still jump out at you? and surprise you? And if any of those things have happened so far this year, what are they? Well, for me, uh, how the, the starting defensive line, when they were healthy, uh, have uh, played well together. That Obviously, with the exception of Brandon Gregory, he hasn't been involved. But, you know, watching uh, Draymond Jones, watching Bradley Chubb, watch, watch these guys go out there and play with a certain level of confidence that I haven't really seen in the past uh, three years, the addition of uh, DJ Jones made things uh, a lot different because the other day, I think it was last week, I saw him do this arm pullover and just kind of uh, beat the guard and he was in the backfield. I mean, that's what we haven't had around here in a while, and that's where the expectations for Draymond Jones has gone up exponentially. But having those guys play together and watching them play when they have it's been kind of a thing of beauty. And when we look at our second level with our linebackers, and we're saying, okay, but we don't have these fast linebackers to compete. And, and the passing game, the idea is that those, the edge rushers, the outside linebackers and the interior linemen, they're going to cover those guys up, allowing them to flow and make plays. So I'm excited to see what this group looks like when they are at 100%. But you add Randy Gregory to that mix, man, it, it's going to make things around here. Really exciting, but it also helps the offensive side of the ball because that means teams are getting off the field on third down and you're giving Russell Wilson more possession. Generally speaking, defensive line is a rotational type of position. How good do you feel about the depth on the defensive line? 
the depth uh, concerns me just a little because uh, that's kind of one of the biggest takeaways uh, watching that Buffalo Bills game. Uh, they had somewhat of a vanilla defense because Azure Everett wanted to see those guys go out there and compete. So they were not put up, put in like great positions to, to really uh, penetrate and disrupt the run game. But at the same time, some of those guys didn't really use their hands. They were running around blocks. So I'm hoping that they can kind of bring those young guys along, some of those guys who didn't have, don't really have a lot of experience. Um, and Kevin Ajin being one of those individuals, uh, I'm looking forward to see if he can take that next step in the game against Minnesota. But they need to bring that young group along. But as far as the starters, those guys have a lot of experience, and I'm not really concerned about that. Former Bronco and longtime NFLer Nick Ferguson joining us this morning. By the way, do you know that Nick, over the course of his career mm-hmm. and he and he's worn a lot of jerseys bengals saskatchewan rough riders rain fire winnipeg blue bombers <laughs> the bears okay back with the blue bombers the bills the jets the broncos and texans while that is incredibly impressive i'll tell you what's impressive about me and you bruce what he only had one more nfl sack than we had <laughs> you don't have to take you know that what, nick and do well, you well I'll, I'll tell you this bruce it <laughs> is a thing i know Eric is really good. One, there's one. Okay, you got the over. You're doing well, Bruce. That's 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 the first. That's the first, Eric. Yeah. So for for me, you're you're absolutely right. We have about the same number of sacks, and here's why. My my defensive coordinator, coordinator Larry Corrier, would never blitz me. He would always bring me down just to kind of tip the offense and say, okay, well, you got to account for him. But he, he would never blitz me. Re, the reason why that play worked, the champ Bailey getting that interception for that 99-yard return, was because of that. No one anticipated that, but I would actually blitz off the edge and pressure Tom Brady. So there it is. That's all right. I, you could. That's something to hang your hat on, my friend. They should have game yeah, plan yeah. for Nick Ferguson. Right? Absolutely. They game plan for Nick. We got to we got to keep that guy out <laughs> off the edge. All right, Nick. Uh, it, it's a snapshot, but how do you rate this coaching staff in terms of their connectivity, their communication? This is a very young staff. It's a very energetic staff. It's a staff that. Nathaniel Hackett himself likes to say he wants to make sure that there's accountability going, you know, out to his uh, assistants and then back to him. Um, how do you see this whole thing working to this point? Well, first and foremost, Bruce, I love this freaking coaching staff. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know them like as well as I know Eric, but just two. Them, okay, uh, you hit the I'm over. Right on, I'm, I'm, I'm right on it. Thank you. I'm on the over. There we go. Yes. Uh, I'm watching them interact with their players and and talking to the players. They they just freaking love them. And I've had a chance to talk to uh, Coach Hackett at practice, and here's what I tell him every single time. Hey, man, do you. I mean, everyone is upset with you about not playing starters and practice and all that. Who gives, you know, two nickels? But you have to do you. And the, the way that they are rallying for him, they, they love him. And this is an, an entirely different environment in that locker room than it has been around here in the past few years where guys were, you know, not really buying in. Guys, you had offense versus defense and individual groups. No, everyone is buying in. And we know this game is very difficult. But every time I see those guys come off the field, there is a smile. Now, 
yesterday at practice, he had to get after a couple people, but you have to do that. But they love him, and I would have loved to have played for uh, a coach of this magnitude because, one, he is a Star Wars fan right there. So, I mean, he's good in my book right away. But it's that connection that you develop with your players that are so important. And the first time the Broncos have adversity, that's what they're going to lean on the most is that connection and that relationship. You may have answered the question that I was about to ask, but maybe I'll just spin it a little bit differently. I asked DJ Jones, I believe it was last week, to essentially compare his time in San Francisco under Kyle Shanahan and what he's experiencing now with Nathaniel Hackett. And he said, Kyle was very businesslike. Here in Denver, it's a lot more fun, a lot more trust is built. You, no one, no one has a better experience or a longer history with the Shanahan's than you. You played for Mike. You coached under Kyle. Which approach do you think will translate into more wins? We know that Kyle has a really good track record. He is businesslike. Nathaniel is not looser, but he is more fun oriented for the long term. Which type of style lends itself to more success? You know, I would say that uh, Coach Hackett uh, approach, and I don't say that to say, well, Kyle uh, doesn't know what he's doing. Obviously, he took the he took the team to to Super Bowl, and uh, he is businesslike, and that's sort of like his dad. Everyone uh, has to be accountable for their jobs. He's the same thing as a coach that he expects out of players. But the reason I, I said to add about the hacker style is the game has really changed. And you, you can't really lean into players like Parcells used to lean into me when I was a young player coming into this league because players are not made the same way anymore. I mean, they can't handle the, the emotional brunt and the frustration associated with the stress of the game and the coach just kind of constantly on them. So you have to be able to connect with your players in a certain way where not to say that you don't yell at them. I mean, you don't have to yell and cuss at them, but it's about the teaching part of it. And you have to understand, I mean, he is a young coach. He has a young staff. He's being able to relate to the players and get the most out of it. It's the same reason why when we try to talk to our kids, sometimes we can't relate to them as parents, even though we were kids at one point because they see us as being authoritative figures as parents, and they want to just kind of do TikTok and all these other things. So when you're able to relate to your players in that way, man, it, it goes a long way to them as far as motivating them and getting the most out of them. Hey, Dick, really appreciate your time, my friend. We will see you out of practice soon. All right, Eric and Bruce. There we go. That's three. <laughs> next, well time the over, next time the over-under is going to be two and a half. Bingo. See you, Nick. Thanks, Nick. See you, guys. All right, coming up after the break, Tiger Woods' Rory McIlroy have launched a new type of golf league. Is this something that you would want to watch if it's on television? We'll tell you what the league is. It sounds kind of nuts if you want to know the truth, but can there be a huge positive out of it? That's next. Show me where to look. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. I've been waiting. 
Welcome back. Morning drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. We have some breaking news coming out of the NBA. There are a lot of people who love Chet Holmgren. He is out for the season with a Liz Frank injury. And I understand he is only 190 pounds. He is a seven-footer. But when you look at the history of Greg Oden, Rick Smiths, Bill Walton, Sam Bowie, all of them had problems with their feet. And, man, this guy's career could be on the rocks before it even starts. A Liz Frank injury, from what I, uh, what I understand, is excruciatingly painful. Very painful and very difficult to recover from because you literally cannot put any weight on that foot, which means that it's difficult even to bike or to to, uh, to recover from. You have to have it uh, pretty much immobilized the entire time, and even then it's a difficult thing uh, to come back healthy. It's, uh, it's, it's put a kink in a lot of guys' careers, so... Obviously, very tough news. Tough for him, tough for the Oklahoma City Thunder, who had finally gotten a chip at the table. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Pinnacle Builders, the best in home remodeling. Go to PinnacleDen.com. Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, launching a tech-infused golf league in partnership with the PGA Tour. Uh, it's going to have six three-man teams in 15 regular season matches in a playoff starting in January of 2024. Uh, the new league is going to feature two-hour, 18-hole virtual matches. Mm. Okay? They're mm. going to take place in primetime on Monday nights. Uh, Woods called the league the next evolution with professional golf. The company hopes to televise the matches. Fans will also be able to bet on the matches, and the players will compete for actual money. With that, would you watch these matches? And what would make you want to watch? And how do they find a way to make virtual golf interesting? Is Tiger Woods playing? He is. I'm watching. To hit to hit him into for him to hit into a screen? At least initially, I'm gonna watch and see what it looks like. It, this is interesting to me. It feels like a little bit not a knee-jerk, but it feels like a reaction to LIV, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's kind of where we are right now. No one has been more fiercely protective of the PGA Tour, the history, and what it means to the game of golf than Tiger Woods yeah, and but, Rory McIlroy. Yeah, but let me cut you off real quick because I was reading some stuff on Tiger Woods. One reason he is being so protective is for selfish reasons, okay? It has been reported multiple outlets that Tiger said to those guys, you are ruining my legacy by joining the Live Tour because my 15 majors won't mean as much. Meaning, if DeChambeau, Kepka, all of these guys go someplace else, they're going to be the guys who are Dustin Johnson, the guys who are left will have a better chance of winning majors. That That is what he reportedly hmm. said to those guys that he met with okay. that the PGA tour needs to stay relevant and needs to be great because the greater it is, the better I look. 
If it's watered down, the PGA doesn't mean as much. You water down pancakes because you want more pancakes. The pancake is not going to taste as good. I'll tell you what they have, and it's far more than Tiger Woods hitting into a screen. They have a real opportunity for people to get to know who these golfers really are. Agreed. Because it's kind of like in NFL films when you have a guy mic'd up. That takes you inside the game. You're not watching to see a guy hit into a screen. At least I'm not. I'm listening to what these guys have to say, how they're, you know, making fun of each other, the stories that they're telling. Interaction, et cetera. It it takes you inside the threesome or foursome, whatever it is. It takes you inside the game to hear what these guys have to say get to know them. When you get to know people, you tend to like them. When you like them, you want to watch them. So if you get to know them, because the guys aren't mic'd up on a course, but you get to know them and you like them playing virtual golf, whatever it is, then you might want to watch them more when they're actually on the course because you're rooting for them or maybe even rooting against them. You're an alleged golfer. so Alleged? Yeah. So how much LIV have you watched? No, it's not on TV. Yeah. It's not on television. You haven't searched it out. I can't because it's not on television. No. Now, if, if it goes on TV, will I watch it? I won't. And I won't watch it. I'm sorry to say this, and I don't want to go down this road for political reasons. Oh, okay. I, I, I won't even bother because of what Saudi Arabia is. And okay. also uh, throwing another ingredient into the pot of gumbo, mm-hmm. um, being Jewish, I dislike Saudi Arabia even more. Yeah. And totally understandable. Okay. So I have no interest in supporting that tour at all. And oh, by the way, I was reading a story this morning. So Phil Mickelson was guaranteed $200 million mm-hmm. just to go. He has to reach a whole lot of benchmarks in order to get that money. Like he needs to actively recruit people. He needs to do this. So it's not like they cut him a check for $200 million. He has to reach certain benchmarks to get that money. He was not given $200 million off the hop. And for a lot of these golfers, it's that fine print who joined the Live Tour are probably now finding out, yeah, the money's there if I do this, this, and this. And maybe they don't feel comfortable doing this. Maybe they don't feel comfortable doing that. They may not get all their money. I don't think that there's probably a depth of concern amongst a lot of these guys for where the money's coming from, the history of various levels of political platform um, that probably they should be more aware of. Um, That's the kind of discomfort of all of this. And it often is anytime that it's a money grab. Okay. But hold, hold hold on a second. Let's be fair about that. Yeah. Because we're criticizing these live golfers for taking money from the Saudi government. Right. Right. Have you ever bought Nike shoes? Yes. Oh, where are they made? China. Oh, and uh, labor, labor, Yep, under the labor crush in China. So uh, unfair labor conditions. So you right? are. So you are wearing. I'm, I'm. I've worn Nike too. Yeah. Okay. But you are wearing shoes that are made by kids, children. Okay. In a country that has so many human rights violations, it's hard to keep track of. Mm-hmm. So before we cast the first stone, if we're being honest, yeah, against these live golfers. Let's take a good, hard look at ourselves. Always, right? Right? Always. I mean, I don't know. I'm get, I think it's fair to say that Russia has more than a few human rights violations. We don't like the fact 
that they went into Ukraine. We don't like Vladimir Putin. I am guessing, even when they were the Soviet Union, you like a good vodka every once in a while? Well, I've been known to imbibe on occasion. Well, I, well, occasion only. Well, I guess that you were supporting that too. So before we get all high and mighty on the LIV people, let's take a good look at ourselves and the products that we buy before we say they're doing it wrong, but it's okay for me to have a pair of Air Jordans. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? The over-under win totals for CU and CSU are out. You might be surprised at the numbers. And does Drew Locke have a realistic shot to win the starting job in Seattle? Find out next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale owner of the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, the over-under for the Colorado Buffaloes win total this year is set at three. Uh, they had four wins last year, and the Colorado State over-under win total is set at five and a half. The Rams won three games last year. Surprised at all by these uh, early totals? I looked at uh, a board the other day that had uh, CU at two and a half. I just checked on DraftKings. So it was at, at three. three. Yeah. Okay. So well, the money oh, is no, no, on CU yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, there's an right. avalanche of yeah. money going on CU to win a half more game. And I wasn't questioning your line, Alex. No, I know. Oh, what I was saying was, I looked at the, I took the two and a half, and looked at the schedule and tried to figure out where the wins were going to come. I think that even at two and a half. I might be an under. I think they're one of the only teams to play a Power 5 conference in every single game as well. Yeah. I mean, they're they're already 10.5-point underdogs for the opener against TCU in Boulder. I don't think it's going to be a very good year up there. Okay. What are the odds Carl Durrell is the coach of the Buffaloes this time next year? If they hit the under... You know, I don't know Rick George well enough to understand what the real motivation is there. Um, but if it's the under, I can't imagine he would be the head coach in a in in a real world. What you tell me? I don't know. I mean, I I mean, I I just don't know that program well enough. I don't know the history of it. 
well enough. It seems like that would be a tough one to overcome if you are two and ten. Yeah. What about CSU at five and a half? I'll take the over. Love Jay Norvell. I love Jay Norvell too. Um, I'm betting on him. I am betting on him. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough it's one. It's probably going to be... I'm, I'm it's going to be right at the line. I'm saying this absolutely with my heart more than my head. I think he's going to turn around that program. It might take a year or two, yeah. and that's fine, but I wouldn't bet against him. I will say this. Jay Norvell is the guy at the right time at Colorado State. No I question. do feel that way mm-hmm. very strongly. Yep. Pete Carroll said the Seahawks will take all the time they need to settle on a starting quarterback as the battle between Geno Smith and Drew Locke might not be decided anytime soon. Carroll said that Smith remains ahead but is still wide open to the possibility that Locke could overtake him, although it seems like Smith is QB1 for now and he shot Locke starts week one against his old team. Isn't it wonderful that this happens other places than here? Isn't it great that even the great Pete Carroll has to deal with this kind of crap every now and then. Good. Try to figure it out. Because you know what? No one ever figured it out here. When you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Well, actually, Carroll said that yesterday. He did. At his press conference. He said, I understand when you have two quarterbacks, you, you only have one. He said, but I might. I, we might have two number ones. Here's one way to put it, and I, I'm not trying to insult women out there. I'm, it's coming from a guy perspective, but I could easily flip it around. It's kind of like getting a divorce from your wife. You find out she's getting remarried, and you're thinking, she's your problem now. Hmm. Or if you're a woman, you divorce your husband, and he gets remarried. Well, she's your problem now. Have fun with that. There's only one time, one time, that I can remember in the history of the NFL where a quarterback controversy was not if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. It's only mm-hmm. happened one time in NFL history. When? When Joe Montana and Steve Young were on the same team with the 49ers. True. They had two number one quarterbacks. Yeah. And Bill Walsh, by the way, which is super interesting, when Steve Young came over from Tampa, he reportedly told Steve Young... You will be starting by the end of the year. You will be starting by the end of the year. Clearly, it did not pan out that way. No. But that's what Steve Young was told. And when that did not happen, he was really upset that he had to wait so many years to finally be the starter. (sighs) Pete Carroll's comment about two number ones. Isn't it just as easy to think about with Geno Smith and Drew Locke that you've got two number twos? Excuse the bathroom humor when you have two number ones. Excuse me. When you have, when you have, I don't know, when you when you have a quarterback competition, yeah. okay, you really have two number twos. Yes, you do. And the bathroom humor is, I'd rather have a one than two number twos. Ooh. 
Okay, with that. Boy, that was a long way to get to nothing, wasn't it? It sure was. Okay, that was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. That was uh, Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. Great specials, as always. If you love Spanish wine, 15% off on all 750 milliliter bottles. They also deliver all over the Denver metro area. All deliveries over 100 bucks are free. If you work in the city, live in the suburbs, stop on, stop by on Colfax. See what I'm talking about. How, how good their prices are, their customer service. And if you live in the city, like I did I did many years ago, but I still go to Argonaut to buy my wine and liquor, you go there as well. You're right. See why Denver has called them the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Zach, great job today. Same with you, Alex. Uh, Bruce? I'll get better. Me too. Make it the best possible morning you can. <laughs>